Snow. Bon voyage. Have a great time. Oh, that's what a lot of us would like to say to Daniel Jones. This is Tennessee New York Giants Straight Talk, powered by Online Big Blue LLC. Oh, uh, if the Giants, if we only had a quarterback, if the Giants decide to take a quarterback in the NFL draft, we've talked about it before. What happens if it isn't in the first round? What if there is a player? What if there is a moment? What if there's an opportunity to take someone that the Giants feel is better than any quarterback that they have high on their board? We don't know their board yet. We have no idea. There was some speculation that J.J. McCarthy was has a first-round grade by the Giants. That'd be like grading Daniel Jones a first-round pick back in 2019. <laughs> uh, we know how that worked out. Oh, but, you know, if let, let's just say Jaden. Also, let's go with the fact that maybe everyone's gone. Maybe they're not in love with Penix. Maybe they're in love with Caleb, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. And let's say the these three go three in a row within this first round. It's a possibility. So the thought process would have to be: we need to make a we need to make a, a, a shift. We we need to swing the pendulum in a different direction. And maybe that's grabbing a day two guy. Maybe grabbing somebody in the second round. Or just grabbing somebody. That's what she said. I, I had to say that just so I could put that, just so I could push that button. That's what she said. Uh, so, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a little bit of a series. And I don't know, maybe it'll be a three-part series. Maybe it'll be a two-part series. Hell, maybe this will be the only one in the series. No, it'll, it'll at least be a three-part series. And these are going to be the day two quarterbacks. Who the Giants could potentially select in day two, potentially into day three, but we're going to try to we're going to try to keep it within the second round. Now, the first player that comes to my mind immediately, if Penix doesn't drop, because there are some people that think he's going to take a serendipitous drop, but let's say he doesn't drop. Let's say he goes in the first round. Let's say he goes in the first half or maybe in the latter half of the second round. Giants are going to have to find a quarterback. So the first guy I want to start with is probably the one of the people that are just uh, one of the guys that are just kind of they're enigma they're an enigma in this draft. You don't know really what you're going to get. It's like 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 a box of chocolates, uh, and of course that's going to be Bonix, you know, from Auburn to Oregon, you know. And I'm going to say this before I'm gonna, I've said it before a million times. It's on the thumbnail. This isn't your Auburn Bonix, not not at all. He is a different player. He is a different quarterback. He still has some of the similar tendencies, but he is a different guy. But before you talk about any of this, you you have to go through one mindset. You cannot discard, discard his first three years or his first three years of his career at Auburn. He was, he was a guy that pretty, I mean, he had terrible accuracy. I believe he completed barely 59% of his passes or thinking, no, it's 59.5% of his passes. Uh, So when he left Auburn, and moved over to Oregon, it was one of those things that you were kind of just looking at it like, okay, well, this is a guy that couldn't cut it in, in Auburn. Now he's going to run over, you know, he's going to run over to Oregon. It probably is going to be a little bit of the same thing. And he's going to be, a, you know, he's he may be a little bit different, maybe a little bit better, but it's going to be the same guy. But it, the, the offense between Auburn and Oregon are totally different. He excels, Nick's. And this is what they did in Auburn in an RPO. He, he excels in that type of offense because of his mobility. And he has, with that mobility, he has the ability, of course, to extend plays, get out from underneath the rush. When things break down in the pocket, he, he, he is able to, you know, to, to basically have the understanding of where he needs to go with the ball. He is, he is, if you take a look at his, uh, his, his play at, at Oregon, he, he's a guy that he's, he's a short passer. 
I think his average yard per catch, I think it was his average yards per target is 6.7. So it would be well below NFL averages, well below, it's below college average as well. But that's the type of style and the type of offense that, that Oregon runs. He is a guy, Nick's that is, it, who understands that he is going to excel more in a quick pass type offense. He is going to do, like I said, the RPOs, quick screens. Um, he, he's going to do, you know, short passing game. He's going to do a little bit, maybe of Seattle Seahawks, a little bit of 49ers type offense, and maybe a little bit of what the giants have been potentially trying to run for two years, technically four years, going back to Jason Garrett. And that's what he excels in. He is a reliable dual threat quarterback, but the pro, but let's, let's talk about the good things about Bo Nix before we get into the bad things. And there are a lot of good things. There's also a lot of bad things. He's a five-year starter. He's got plenty of experience in, in college. One of the things I like about some of these college quarterbacks coming out, they, they, they have been starters for like five years. They're going the Kenny Pickett route. You know, they're not going to do that one big season and then leave. They, they have been in school for an extended period of time. You look at the likes of Jaden Daniels. Look, look at the likes of Penix. When I see Bo Nix, I see good arm strength. We've, we've always said it before. He can make all the Sunday throws. Uh, he's athletic. And I think his athleticism is underrated. I, I don't think he gets the props that he should get for that. I think he's got, like I said, he's he's got the NFL arm. And he is he is in some regards at times, he is an athlete playing quarterback. And he's a guy that is got he's got the improv skills. He's got the skills to pay you the bills in reference to making plays happen. We've we always talk about Daniel Jones as a point guard who can't create his shot. Bo Nix can create his own shot. And like I said, he is going to he thrived in college with a quick passing game. And like I said, it's it's one of the he's he he is a nice blend. And like I said, he's, he's got that experience. He's got that, he's got that ability. He has the ability to, like I said, to create with his legs. He's got his ability to what they're, he, to what they want to do in the NFL now, uh, a la like Lamar Jackson. That's what he's got. I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson. I'm not even close to saying he's Lamar Jackson, but I'm saying Lamar Jackson can create on his own. He can do that as well. Bonex that is. He's extreme, and I laugh because if you watched him, you watched him at Oregon. He's extremely comfortable checking down. <laughs> he's 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 extremely comfortable doing that, and we and we know the giant offense does does that a lot. Yeah, they always say he's got that prototypical build at 6'2", 217. I like to see what he is at the combine. Is he? I, we how many times have we said it? Is he college six two, which means he's more like five ten, but he does have the arm strength. He does. He really, he, he really does. And he does have the ability to move with fluidity in the pocket. He's very accurate and he's, he's at his best. Like I said, in the short to intermediate passes, his, he's got great awareness. He really does have great awareness in the pocket. He can, like I said, he can find, it's one of those things that Daniel Jones, you had to design a running play. Bo Nix in college can find his own scrambling lanes. He can find his own lanes to run. And that's why we talk about it. And he has, he has the ability while he's running to deliver the ball downfield. And he, like I said, he can, he can make those throws. He can make those big time Sunday throws. But with all of that being said, 
with all the physical traits that he has, that'll have, he, is he, is he the Mike Mamula? Are scouts going to drool over all these traits, his arm talent, his strength, his creation capabilities. And like I said, this, this, this is, these are the things you look at right away though, on some of the things that are probably not, they're, they're not in the, the check Mark box of good. <laughs> these are some of his weaknesses. Um, the Oregon offense, you know, is, is, is it more, is it more complex? Is it, is it a scheme that is, is comparable to a NFL offense? No, (laughs) they like I said, they relied on a lot of RPOs, a lot of check downs, a lot of screens, and occasionally they go deep and that's only going to be against certain coverages. They played to the strength of Bo Nix, which in some regards did not help him mature as a quarterback and having the ability to go through his reads and go through his progressions, his football, if you watch in Oregon, his football IQ outside of what is in front of him, I'm not going to say is lacking, but sometimes I think he misses reads and he will struggle with his progressions. And, it's one of those things that, like I said, it, this is a guy that like you said, you could take in the second or third round. But he sometimes, like I said, he sometimes just struggles going through his progression, so he's throwing through his reads. But in this offense that he ran in Oregon, he didn't have to. A lot of it would be one read offense, kind of like what they did for Daniel Jones in 2019. And, and that's what you got to look at. And then you also have to worry about his footwork a little bit. He's a little bit clumsy at times with his footwork. And I th- again, footwork is something you can teach. One of the things that that I worry about Bo Nix is if you actually watch him, I mean, you actually watch him going back to Auburn. He's he's very bouncy in the pocket. He's sometimes he gets ba- he he gets uh, you know I, you, you never want to say he gets flustered. Someone gets flustered in the pocket. You never want to say that, but he gets a, he gets a little fidgety in the pocket when the rush when the rush is coming. Um, and like I said, he doesn't have that hundred percent fluid motion that he can get away with having bad footwork. He kind of has, he kind of has a little bit of Mahomians in him and the fact that he could do, you know, he could, he can, he could throw the ball different ways. He can throw it three quarters. He can throw it over the top. He can throw it. He could side on it. He could do all those things. But the problem is he doesn't have the footwork to overcome bad mechanics in reference to his throwing motion. And I, and I think that, I think that has, that has to be looked at immediately. And like I said, it's also one of the things, one of the things to me, the biggest things is going through his progressions and he didn't have to do it a lot at, at Oregon. He, he a lot of times he was a one read quarterback. He was a, he was a two steps, go back and throw the ball and you throw the ball to a spot. And I worry about what they refer to a lot of times as his post snap, post snap reads, but I worry sometimes about his pre snap reads because if he's not able to recognize certain coverages if he's not able to recognize when the defense is trying to do something all the things that he can do physically go out the window and i and i kind of i you got to kind of look at it that way that's why he's not a first round great the two great years he had at oregon these last two years have been fantastic but he's just not that guy he's not polished enough and like i said he is going to struggle with his going through his progressions he's going to need to develop He's going to need to work on his football acclimate or IQ. 
But if you put him in the style of offense that the giant, if you go back to last year, Clayton Toon, who went to the Cardinals, would have been a good backup for the Giants or a good guy to draft to, to learn if you were going to be running this system because the system the Giants run because that's what Clayton Toon did in college. Bo Nix does the same thing. The only difference is Bo Nix has the arm strength to make all the throws that you need to make on Sunday. He's got the big-time arm. He really does. And he's he's athletic. In some ways, like I said, in some ways he, he is an athlete playing quarterback, but he's played quarterback now probably the rest of his life and going on five years you know, in college. So he should have this ability to, to, to make these reads. One thing you hear about him out of college, and I don't know if this is true because I can never tell. You can never tell because a lot of it comes from different scouts that he lacks leadership, that he lacks leadership in the huddle, but you never hear anyone say anything bad about him in college. It's kind of like the cave. It's kind of like the cave on Thibodeau thing. Cave on Thibodeau. You heard rumblings. You heard rumors that he took a lot of plays off and he took a lot of series off in Oregon. And like I said, I didn't believe it. I, I, I didn't believe it. And then you get to the pros and then not only does he take games off and he takes plays off, sometimes he takes weeks off. And I think, you know, I think if that was the case with Bo Nix, that would come out. I, I'm just worried because you saw what Daniel Jones has been in the pocket with a bad offensive line that he 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 gets like a deer in headlights. And I, and I worry that, like I said, if you watch some of Bo Nix's film, he does get happy feet under pressure. He does. But the problem is this. He gets happy feet in regards to the fact that he wants to take off. He wants to run. Daniel Jones gets happy feet and just gets it just gets demolished. Now his his passing his passer completion percentage goes down exponentially when he's rushed. And he often hesitates on those deep throws. And he's got a very low completion rate in the deep ball targets. But the problem is this at Oregon, they don't throw the ball deep a lot. So it, it's one of these weird things. It's a catch 22 thing that you're going to have to see the pro day. You're going to have to go to the combine. You're going to have to go to the individual workouts. You're going to have to get a better idea of what Bo Nix can be. Because like I said, he is agile. He does have fluid movement in the pocket. He sidesteps the pressure. Well, at times he can deliver the ball downfield, but he's going to be more, he's going to be more consistent with, and he's very accurate with those short to intermediate passes. And he's got good awareness at times, like I said, of his own of his own ability to scramble. But that is also the problem that he's he even when he is scrambling, it's not really a problem, but even when he is scrambling, he is consistently looking downfield to make the pass. But the problem is just he's just his accuracy drops exponentially on those deep throws. Like I said, it's a second to a third day pick. It's not someone that you're going to take in the first round. It's not someone that I think has that first round grade. But like I said, Bo Nix would be interesting. We're going to have another quarterback probably in the next couple days, not tomorrow. So you have to wait to, wait for that. And as always, this is Tim. This is New York Giants Trade Talk. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to ring that bell because you want to know why. That'd be awesome.